first podcast together our inaugural in-person podcast mm-hmm. mm. uh, first converse, face-to-face conversation in quite a while yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah it's kind of weird talking to you not just looking at a mic uh-huh. yeah. looking at the uh, screen just yeah what's crack <laughs> not much just working flat out all week busy week seems like every single thing that could have went wrong this week went wrong so yeah, it was stressful <laughs> Just one of those weeks where both things inside of my control and outside of my control all went wrong. Wednesday in particular, it was like every single thing I touched went wrong. And then by the time I got back on, on in order, the machine itself failed. And then I was just like, fuck this. Then Thursday, so I had to restart everything from scratch. Finally got on top of things. The sample didn't come in, so then Friday I had to restart everything again. <laughs> so yeah. Fuck. But even when that happens, like it's still kind of... It's kind of weird, you're still sort of expected to get your work done in a way, sort of thing. They don't really give IT, but you still need to get it done. It's kind of yeah. annoying that way, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. So, that's been my week, everyone. My, my week of complaint. What about yours? My week. My was really good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stress-free. Um, yeah, well, the week before, I had a good reunion with uh, Ryan. Mm. Things got a bit hairy. Yeah, <laughs> as they tend to. Yeah, but it was still, it was like a really positive kind of catch up and everything. Because, mm. like, even like, I, I was chatting him again on the, that was like last Tuesday or Tuesday before last. And then I was chatting to him again that uh, Sunday night, I think it was, Saturday night or Sunday night. And we were both just like, oh man, that was great. Like, yeah, it just it was really like uh, positive. And you just uh, felt really good after. Like, yeah, might have been yeah, hungover, but you're happy yeah, with yourself. Like, like <laughs> two days of recovery, and then I was like, "Oh man, I feel better than before." Yeah, like I don't hate myself. I just feel good. <laughs> I was just like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about. It. I was getting got him into, like, as just like as when he came in, I was like, "Oh, stoicism," <laughs> and he actually bought both of these books, the Daily Stoic and the Ego's Enemy. Oh, did he? From us chatting about it, oh, that's good. yeah, because he um, he was saying like he was in date before, but he uh, 
like Kevin just more in passing, and then he was like, "Oh, well, it seems to be doing good for you," so he just like ordered it. Like, was that day or, or I think when? Like maybe the day we were talking or the day after something. And he was like, "Ah, oh, they're waiting for me at home now when I get back up." <laughs> oh, real? That's good. Yeah. It's not so bad. Mm. Happy. See, it can be productive. <laughs> yes, it can be. It can be helpful. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's about it though. Just been. Maybe the the fact that things are getting lifted a little bit. It's, uh, and it's like even though we're not like say like pubs or outside as much, it's like there's a bit more human contact. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that way. You can, can kinda, see it improving. Yeah, we can see the. I am the bright future. I am worried about a second surge though, but that's just because in Galway at the moment anyway, like everybody's went back to normal, and I've noticed yeah. myself that whenever like like so whenever I have to park the car to walk about five minutes, and in general I'd be polite and like move out onto the road, or people get out of your way, people just are not doing that anymore. Like someone almost yeah. ran into me, and I'm like. It's not over, like... Just yeah, I know, I've noticed that too. People who don't seem to be as considerate or whatever, it's like... And it's like, you may as well be. It'd be prefer to be an extra month of consideration than to fucking get another surge. Like, yeah. then it'll just go on for longer. Like, I just want us to be over. Like, I don't want to even risk it going on any longer. Cause I'm, yeah, worse. I'm kind of conscious that it's summertime as well and, like, come September or whatever, especially if schools and stuff reopen, it's going to just be, like, yeah, that's blow it. up at that time of year. Or potentially, anyway. Yeah, but if we stop at nine, like, it'll be fine. Yeah. like, look at New Zealand, like, feel yeah. fucking loving it. They're three weeks without a case. Yeah, they, uh... They're all black. I saw, like, a, there was a gif on Reddit of them on midnight whenever the restrictions yeah. relaxed and they're all just, like, partying. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> yeah, but exactly, wouldn't you be, like... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's because like, they just did it right and they yeah. followed everything and, they all, and they're, they're flying it, like, yeah. really, like, that's the thing. It seems to be worse for us in, like, um, nursing homes and stuff. That yeah, seems to be the, the like. The we've had a real problem with it because that's it's like over fifty percent of our cases yeah. in nursing homes, and it's just because. They, but there was a thing. What was it? Was it, it is it is Simon Harris, isn't it? It's because the people, the person that's like the head of like or like a I can't remember what who they are, but they were the head of like nursing homes and stuff in Ireland. All right. They asked for like a meeting with Simon Harris to go through because obviously nursing homes would be obviously their highest risk category and then it's going to be quite hard because they need quite constant attention a lot of them and stuff yeah but they asked for a meeting and it was like the meeting they requested a meeting on like the 29th of february and they got it like the 29th of march it was like that's kind of too long like we needed mm. to put then because that's only a meeting to discuss the plans that need to be put in place to help do you know what i mean it's not even like right we can sort everything out in one day it's like this this is the stuff that we need to put in place to prevent or lower the curve lower flatten the curve in nursing homes and they didn't get that in for enough time really mm. and that's kind of why unfortunately yeah but we like a, if we have that on control then we might be kind of clear yeah for this foreseeable future yeah mm. just as long as people aren't stupid and i yeah because I just know, I know when Galway, like, you know, one of the girls Kelly works with, like, I didn't agree with her doing this. Like, she, she was the, she was the main complaint, um, of where she was working. She was like, I don't want to work in this office. It's too, um, dangerous with coronavirus. But she was going to, like, a gorilla beautician and barber yeah. and hairdresser. So That's she'd so go, stupid, right? uh, but then go into house parties. And it's like, you don't know who this is. Like, yeah, come on, like, but you can't be the one complaining about your feel danger. You feel worried in the office. And then she's going to house parties, like 40 and 50 people. Like... You're a person that deserves to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you deserve to be asked Teach you a lesson. I've been wearing gloves and masks and stuff. Mm. Um, so, been watching anything good? <laughs> um, this week, not watched too much. But I did watch a couple episodes of Twilight Zone there last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. I'm on like, it's 156 episodes in the original run and I'm on a 
111. These episodes now, it's about five episodes ago, they're all now like an hour long, or like 50 minutes. They were usually about 20 minutes, they're very good, but now they're more like full, like full, full hour, full 50 yeah, or 50 that'd minutes. That would be like a, a 90 minutes with ads, do you imagine? Yeah, probably or, would have been. But some yeah. of them are still pretty good. They can be kind of hit or miss, but there's still an awful lot of them that I just still really love. Like, And I feel like yeah. these ones, like these ones, are, the last one I watched was from the city broadcast, I think it was like April 11th, 1963, and it's like, this is still pretty good for like it's yeah. time like you know I'm still really I still feel that a while out with the Twilight Zone like some some episodes are just still I think really good and you're like I understand why this is such a popular and lasting series yeah. you know because if you go back to it it's still quite fun to watch the one I was watching Dream of Genie I really liked because it's like it's just again the classic genie in the bottle you know this kind of the moral is the classic of you know be careful what you wish for mm. but I did find it funny he like rubs the genie's lamp by accident and genie comes out but the genie just looks like a kind of grumpy old man smoking a cigarette wearing a dirty suit and he's like ah yeah we used to wear all like the velvet and stuff we thought we'd just get modernised and go with the times <laughs> it's just like I don't know like that's that's that seems like an almost modern day joke I thought like, yeah. for, for like 50 years ago yeah. it was like meta or whatever yeah, yeah kind of and I was yeah. kind of surprised by that because whenever I did see it I was like ah yeah this is gonna be like you know fucking pure pants and be yeah. a few cheesy but it wasn't and that was yeah. like I thought that actually made me laugh like I was like what's I can see that that joke being done today, like yeah, like a Family Guy joke or something. Yeah, like a lazy genie, just like what do you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah, happy with that. How about yourself? Um, yeah, watched started watching a TV show, uh, Search Party. Search Party. Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, it's got maybe from Arrested Development in it. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know how I heard about it in the first place, because it just was like, I don't know, somehow I made it onto my watch list. Mm. But it was weird, because I was looking it up, and it came out in 2015. The original was like 2015 to 2017, mm. two seasons. Yeah. But then looking it up, there's a new season coming out this year. So <laughs> that's, like, yeah, that's, that's right. good timing. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Lucky, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty good. Kind of, it's like a... It reminded me a little bit of uh, Broad City... Did you watch that? Yeah, it's yeah. Like New York, set in New York, and it's like this group of friends, and they're it's like a dark comedy. They're all kind of self obsessed and stuff like, mm. and but this girl goes missing, and then maybe his character, what's she called again, Dory, mm. she uh, sees a poster and decides to take it upon herself to like track this person down because mm. she kind of like she has this feeling of oh, if I went missing, would anyone care about me? And it like kind of. Like I said, they're kind of self-obsessed. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's about her still, yeah. but yeah. No, it's good. It's a good wee show because it's like got got comedy beats and it's like twenty-minute episodes. So it's like comedy, like bite-sized comedy, mm-hmm. traditional comedy length. But uh, it's also got this kind of mystery going on, so it like keeps you hooked. Yeah, just that kind of overall story that's kind of tying yeah. each, each season in. Because you're like, oh, what? and like you find out more bits of information, and you're like, oh, so yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. First season I thought was really good. I'm on the second season now. It seems to have dipped a little bit. I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where they kind of root themselves into a corner for like the season finale, and it's like it takes a little bit to kind of okay, work their way out. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But mean? they're getting there. Yeah, it's like I don't know. The first couple episodes I was like, mm, but it's, get, it's getting there. I'm, yeah. still, I'm still, I'm still invested anyway. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, the mystery can help. Like a good, a good mystery yeah. will always help because yeah. like. Well, like, I still want to know. <laughs> yeah, I like what they did. Well, it was good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, you had never heard of it before. 
and I think like well maybe his character like I was thought she's funny and then you know she's in like one episode of Broad City. Yeah. I think that's hilarious episode the whole like yeah. <laughs> of course we we both look we look like each other, that's right. <laughs> I was really confused when I first watched Broad City because I had seen her, that actress, on a podcast and she talked about being in Broad City and I hadn't watched Broad City yet. No, oh, right. <laughs> so when I started watching it, I was like, oh, there she is. It's the main girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I was like, that's her. And then she was on that episode where she's the lookalike and I was like, because oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd seen her since Arrested Development apart from that podcast. podcast so yeah you're like oh she's just like this is how she looks now sort yeah. of thing yeah because like yeah she's, she's quite young particularly at the start yeah. of Arrested Development isn't she she would be like so yeah just the fact that I knew that she was on it and I, and this person looked like her I was like, like that's her my brain just decided that, that's but like I mean. if I hadn't seen that if I didn't know she was in it I'd probably have been like I probably wouldn't have made that jump. Connect, like, yeah, but because you knew that she was in it, yeah, that's why. I just assumed that she was the main... That's quite funny. That, yeah. how, that she was definitely perfectly cast to pick yeah. someone that looks like yeah. Lana. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Slightly embarrassing, though. <laughs> I love that. Um, whoever plays Lana. Is that, a, that might be a real person. Yeah, I think it is. It's Abby and Lana, isn't it? That's her actual real names. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Lana especially is hilarious so. oh yeah I think she's like I think she's just the funnier of the two just because she's madder but I do love there's that one episode was it where they like switch roles mm. and like is it Abby has to go work in like the Whole Foods or something for like six hours I just love the way she just acts exactly like Lana puts her feet up on the wall and starts shaking the ass and stuff I was like this yeah. is so funny cause it's just like that's yeah. exactly how she acts yeah like Abby's still great it's just her character has to be a bit more she's kind of the straight person to Alana's yeah Alana's more of yeah. the wild card yeah kind of yeah, yeah. But, I love um, the one where she like um, turns out that she's a lounge singer when she gets really drunk oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a class show actually for, uh, actually I haven't watched the last season that's one I've been meaning to watch I need to finish that off the last season it came out like last year was it I think I watched it mm. I can't remember now if mm. I finished it all I've definitely seen some of it mm. I think I'm meant to watch it because I've seen like I don't know how many times I've seen like the first couple of seasons like like I always yeah. always, always wonder too watching Broad City because I feel like if if you lived in New York for a period of time would there be more jokes that you get because I always remember you know whenever they go into the wedding and they like get on the bus and there's like a guy with chickens and there's like somebody like pulling yeah. out their hair or their teeth and stuff it's like is it something about like public transport I in think, New York like it's like obviously yeah. that's an exaggeration but yeah. like is it that bad I think it I think it does like it, I, I feel like I does a really good job of showing you what New York's like even though it's like an absurdist way yeah yeah it's like I feel like from watching that show it's like this is what New York's like yeah, I, it, feel, I feel like you're, you're, you're likely to get robbed yeah at some point like I like it's, it's like anything can happen to you it's like just whatever like yeah it's just because like I've been New York once and I was like 14 like and it's, it is a bit mad like, yeah. but the amount of people but of course I never lived there like I was there for like a week or two but I just yeah, it always kind of makes me wonder now yeah but uh, some of the stuff in that show is brilliant. It's just very, it's a very well written. It's a very funny show. Like I thought it was like, I thought it was funny, but then it gets better. It was way funnier than I ever thought it was gonna be. Yeah, it's really, really good. Like, <laughs> I think I might give it a, a rewatch. Another binge but, myself. Because yeah. <laughs> I love Hannibal Buress in it too. Like, oh yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, it's just hilarious anyway. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Oh. It always kind of reminds me of Workaholics in a weird way. It's like the 
I suppose you kind of like the friendship thing of it. Yeah, it's like the female version of workaholics or something. Kind of, yeah. Like, just because they're, like, partying and all the time and, like... Oh, I suppose, yeah. Smoking weed. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I was actually watching recently, which I found funny? And I actually didn't think I would enjoy it. I started watching it because it was Netflix, Modern Family. Which is a a good, funny, wholesome show. Like, it's actually way funnier than I thought it was. But I found it funny because Adam from Workaholics, isn't it? At one point, he comes into the later seasons and he plays this pure, like, nice, normal, like... Like you know, like straight edge kind of guy, and I'm like, at the same time, he was doing like workaholics, which yeah. is like the entire you, you can see that though, with him, like just being like a, a good boy. He kind of has a role like that in Pitch Perfect, doesn't he? Is he? I've only seen the first one. Is he in the first one? He's in, I think so. Isn't he like the male rival group? Maybe he is. I haven't seen it in years, so I can't remember. But I just thought it was so funny because he's playing like a, a, a manny and then he's like, you know, pure nice and he's like playing with the kids and stuff and he gets on with like Phil who's like the dad who's the most like straight-laced, like, you know, says all these innuendos without knowing them and then like watching Horkaholics and he's just like smoking grass and taking as many mushrooms as he can. <laughs> I love that episode where he takes mushrooms. Yeah. And he like, <laughs> kind of like throw the, the rope they make off the... Off the building, yeah. he just like throws the whole thing. Yeah, he's like takes his top off and he's like, yeah. flex and everything. <laughs> so funny. Did you Did you watch the movie? The was it called Game Over? Game man? Over, man. Yeah. No, I haven't watched that yet. It's it's alright. Season it's like I thought it could have been kind of better, but there are some pretty some funny stuff in it. Like, yeah. I think uh, I know Durs. I think Durs does. It's the guy that plays. What do you call him on college? The guy that plays like the drug dealer again? The guy with the... Oh, uh, Carl? Carl, yeah. He directed it, I think, because he directed that episode of Workaholics. And I think he's Durs... He's like the kind of creator or the main yeah, guy behind like, it or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's like... He does like a lot of the background work and then yeah. he just played like that character. But then the, the movies he's done, like, there's some funny parts of it, but I do find it funny because like Durs wrote it as well and in that their movie they have it that like... He's like, he can't get high off weed anymore, so he just takes salvia all the time. <laughs> it's just that's kind of funny. Not a very natural progression. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <laughs> still uh, worth a watch. If you like those guys, you like their comedy, like, yeah. uh, you'll still no, I've been meaning to watch it, yeah. Mm. Um, something else popped into my head. Oh, yeah. Speaking of wholesome comedies, I watched the second season of uh, Single Parents. Did oh, you hear that show? Yeah, I think I've heard of it. never actually watched it. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first season, I don't think. But it's still good. Mm. I pretty much watched it all again. Like, Day or two. Yeah. Mm. It's like the creators, same creators as uh, New Care, I think. Oh, right, yeah. So that finished and then they started this. But I did also see that it, um, it's not being renewed for a third season, unfortunately. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But it's a good uh, bingeable show. Wholesome entertainment. Nice mm. and wholesome, everything works out and everyone's yeah. all happy. <laughs> Um, oh yeah I watched uh, The Morning Show finished that there have you heard of that? no it's The Morning Show it's um, it's uh, Steve Carell plays um, Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston mm. are the like the mum and dad of America because they're on The Morning Show oh right yeah yeah but then he gets me too'd and <laughs> that's like the first thing that happens This new, the story breaks so then it's like the just the aftermath of that because it's got a big cast it's got a um Billy Curdup is that his name he's the guy from Almost Famous the guitarist with the moustache never seen Almost Famous but I'm pretty sure isn't he the guy in Big Fish as well yeah 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 that's the name mm-hmm. and um Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. she's like the this other reporter she gets like famous because she is the one that breaks does, the story no mm-hmm. she does like a rant and it gets like 
she's at the coal mine doing a reporting or something, and she kind of like breaks and like starts shouting at this person, and it goes viral, and then they end up being like the scared of. Yeah, she get her on. She replaces um, Steve Carell then. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard uh, of this. I don't know how. She's a big cast. Yeah, that's it. And uh, what's uh, Jay Duplass? Do you know him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. That uh, detective from Luke Cage as well. The black lady. Oh, the one who plays Misty Knight. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Misty Knight. Of course, another comic book character's name. <laughs> 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 uh, there's probably other big actors people in it too I just can't think right now they're always the main ones yeah but it's like I heard Pete Holmes I think that's how I heard about it actually Pete Holmes talking about it and he always kind of he's like ah it's he kind of like shits he kind of like <laughs> there's a trend from just sending shit on it every, like every episode and he's just like I'm not going to work again I keep like bad mouth in this show yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people yeah. <laughs> but he's like like and I kind of towards the end I was kind of starting to agree with him there's a lot of people just being like this is how I feel and this happened, and then it's like it's almost like everyone's just doing a monologue. Oh right, yeah, it's like kind of, sort of just conflicted or contrasted monologues. Yeah, yeah, it's like, but it's still like, it's like it is. I was like trying to make up my mind. I was like, is this worth a watch? Like, do, would I advise people watch it? And I think I would. Like, it's really well done and mm-hmm. good performances and all. Just there's so many moments. Like, and that might just be my opinion. I'd say there's plenty of people that would. Yeah, I know what you mean. You don't dislike it, I know. Yeah. I get what you mean. It's just I can be a bit critical about... Uh, especially when it's like... It feels like... For some reason, if it's a writing thing, I always feel like that can be more critical. You know what I mean? I it's so. like bad direction. I can nearly get over if the, if the, the writing yeah, is... Yeah, if the colour... If the if the writing is good enough and it shines through, then it can mm. be okay. I get what you mean, yeah. But mm. if you, you, it's like what you were saying about in one of the other podcasts about the whole Shit's Creek thing, where you felt like they just tried the first joke. Yeah. So that's why it's annoying because it's a. Uh, get away. Um, I have a note here. Because uh, it's interesting. Like it, I think it is valuable because it adds. You see what he's going through as well, uh, Steve Carell. Mm. Like there's a part where he meets up with uh, Martin. Is it Martin Short? Is that his name? Martin Short. That name's familiar, but I can't remember. I'm gonna do it. it. Give it a goog, as yeah. Pete Holmes would say, because he abbreviates everything. <laughs> or is that just like a no infringement of copyright or, or uh, <laughs> trademark or anything? Duck, duck, go it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because they're using that. It is Martin Short. So he, there's a part where he's talking to him, because mm. he also got me too previously. So then they're talking, and it's like. But then something clicks with Steve Carell's character, and he he's like, um, it's like actually I think you are an abuser. I'm not. Like the way Martin Short's talking, it's like I'm not like you. Actually, you you do need to be like go to jail or whatever. Like you. Oh, oh it's kind of interesting that way. Of yeah. Kinda, so it's kind of like the two sides of it, sort of. Yeah. The one who's actually committed the, a crime sort of over. yeah like Steve Carell is like I didn't do anything wrong like I didn't rape those women like it was all consensual sex so he but then it also goes into the fact that like he, he is their boss they look up to him there's he, a power dynamic there yeah there's stuff like that but it's just I thought it was really interesting the way it like shows the two different sides because mm. he thinks he like he thinks he's a victim mm. like he genuinely thinks that and in a way, he kind of is. I think that was, like, the most interesting point because, um, 
I had it written. Let me just check my notes here. Yeah, it kind of shows that he's not just a bad person. It's the environment that caused him to act like that. It's like it's so ingrained into everything. Like, the woman... He feels used because the woman that he slept with got a promotion. Oh, right, okay. But then, of course, he can see it. But she got the promotion because... She slept with him. Yeah, and they try to cover it up. So it's like this this culture of, like, silence... Mm actually damage it hurts everybody so I actually think it because it gives you this more nuanced approach I think it actually adds more weight to the whole Me Too movement because you can see that this isn't just like everyone's hurt by it and that's why it's so like important to stop because it's it's in everywhere like it's in the fabric of the the work environment or yeah no it's just it's so built into yeah. what it is that sounds really interesting actually yeah. I, I, understand, I can understand why you'd want to watch it from that point of view because that would be very interesting because I also kind of wonder because if you take it they're obviously famous in, in real life in yeah. this kind of industry an industry that we don't we don't really know what it's like you know the whole thing about showbiz is supposed to be so glitz and glam on the outside and then there's always I remember even younger apparently Hollywood always has like a dark city underbelly yeah. which it does yeah and it's supposed to be like one of the seediest so I think it's kind of interesting from that point of view because you take it more seriously because these are big famous people probably written by people in the industry and stuff mm. as well like. but yeah I thought that was interesting like because I, when I was watching I was like I wonder what this like I wonder what the fact that they're given his character a bit of humanity is that like some people find that bad or whatever but mm. I do think it actually just makes the whole but like things that Me Too are... movement seemed more important. Like that was my takeaway. I was like, I think, weirdly, it's like yeah, this is like something. Obviously, it's like a good thing anyway. But I'm yeah. just saying that like, because there's more depth to it, you can be like, oh, this is fucking seriously important thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is like, but it's just kind of like, it's just the way that like not really anything in life ever is entirely like black and white. Yeah. And like so, that's kind of why, and especially for that there, because that kind of a lot of times still seem very black and white. Yeah. But it it, it isn't really because I was thinking about that there a lot recently of because I thought it was funny because you know like Jimmy Fallon sort of got in trouble because he did like blackface like twenty years ago. Then I think it was like Jamie Foxx who went and said just let this one fly. But then it's kind of like maybe like and I'm not against Jimmy Fallon could be like a really nice person in real life and because of that. But then it's like, but why does this person get to do something that's seen as racist and horrible, which it is? and then get away with it but then you could have someone else and also Robert Downey Jr. in Traffic Thunder but, but like no one ever complains about that but then I, I suppose I think I was just being but, self-aware though and parading the fact that he was like the, so in character because I'm pretty sure they even bring it up in the movie don't they? Yeah they, the whole point is he, he got like he got like a lot of praise from like people in Hollywood for that role because he because he's doing the whole method actor going over the top thing and like I don't can't remember but I read an article before and some guy was like some like actor or something saying that like you don't understand how how close that is to some actors who go married where it's just really just being annoying but even if you think you know like the the Man on the Moon documentary with Jim Carrey going method for Andy Kaufman yeah like that must have been hell for some people know, on yeah. set like that must have been so annoying like I thought it was interesting like the what was the who, the wrestler again what's his oh, name oh Jerry Lawler yeah because yeah. he was like but me and me and Andy were friends like, yeah yeah yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey yeah yeah he hated Jim Carrey but he was like Andy was one of my best friends he was like yeah, I, I loved Andy like it was like yeah but I, but I hate Jim Carrey <laughs> I always think that that must have been 
that had to be the most important like moment in wrestling whenever that whole thing like that just became like they basically turned it real in like this weird way you know yeah, what I mean like, and then yeah because they made the feud like seem like as if they were going on outside of the ring yeah. as well because like that's what Andy Kaufman did um, invent the whole kind of like bad archetype of like uh, wrestlers and then Jerry Lawler was the good guy coming in and that's the whole thing it's like Andy Kaufman was like I'll only fight women because like women are less than men and all this stuff. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> and, like, and it's like he doesn't believe any of this. He's just completely annoying people. What was it like? Is it in? Because it's it's in the movie, I think. But it's actually what he did. He was in like Memphis or something, and it's like because he, he actually did in real life, and he holds up a bar of soap. He's like, you don't know what that this is. Like you know, Colin, like the entire crowd saying they don't know how to wash themselves. They all smell. They're all hicks. They're all stupid. It's like. <laughs> I don't have the balls to go out on stage and insult like 20,000 people, 30,000 people. <laughs> yeah, entirely. it's amazing. Like, <laughs> that's a class movie to watch too. I, I think it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, I think, The yeah, Man on the Moon. Yeah, and I think it's just it's just such a good, like, there's because I feel like now there's an awful lot of like biopics or like biopics, I don't like to pronounce them. Yeah, just, let's, let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. <laughs> Did we talk about this before? I don't think so, no. Because I was trying to work it out and like you're Apparently you're supposed to say biopic. Yeah, because I was thinking like, cause it's, but then, it's a biography picture. That's yeah. what I'm taking it as. But that's kind of one word, so I thought, is it biopic? Yeah, I would think it's biopic, but apparently it's biopic. You see, I, I, I don't understand, because you don't say biography. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why would it be biopic? I don't know. Because you don't say biology? Yeah. <laughs> like, because it's, it's it? supposed to be two separate words, but then I would think, would that not mean it should be hyphenated? Yeah, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, I'm going to make a stance and say biopic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to well, fight everyone that tries to stop me. Well, in that biopic, I think that's just one of the most like. It's just natural. It's original. easier to say too. <laughs> it's it's more fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that's one of the more original ones. I yeah. think just because maybe it's also partly due to his story as well. Like, but it's just so interesting. Like, yeah. And then you have like Danny DeVito was a producer and he was friends with Andy Kaufman yeah. one on a taxi series and they bring all those people back. Great movie, must watch that again. <laughs> the, what do you call it? Um, talking about good biopics. Mm-hmm. Sticking to it. Um, was the uh, Brian, Brian Wilson one? Did you ever watch that? No. I think it's called Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy. But that's really good. It's like um, two people play um, Brian Wilson. That's Paul Dano and... John Cusack mm. so Paul Dano's like back in the day young Brian Wilson and John Cusack is like nowadays Brian Wilson mm. it's really really good it's one of the a well done uh, music biopic oh what's I like said biopic there yeah I've never watched it's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> isn't it the, the Bob Dylan one I've never actually seen it but he was played by Kate Blanchett he's played by a load of characters a load of actors yeah something. isn't it but the main one yeah because he always said he said like years ago I think like the 90s Bob Dylan was like yeah he's he's played by five people I think but I think like one of the main people is Kate Blanchett plays him and yeah. he was like yeah if I ever buy a, if I ever have a movie made about me he's like I want to be played by a woman <laughs> why yeah. not like, she looks really like him yeah no, yeah but he's really thin and all too she was like help with us. I thought that was mad whenever you see yeah. her like it's a bit bizarre. There's a really good, uh, I think it's a Martin Scorsese documentary on him. I heard it's really good, but I went to oh, watch that it. Oh, that came out. And it's like two and a half, two, no, it's like three and a half hours. It's really long, it's like yeah. two parts. That was No Direction Home, I think it's called. Yeah, that's, it's just like about like one year in his life or something. So yeah. yeah, I think it's like one tour anyway, maybe not a year. But yeah, that only came out like a year or two ago, was it? 
I think it was a while ago. I think it was like 2012. I, I could be wrong. Could be wrong because it felt like there was one recently with Scorsese doing it. I think there was. It might have been something recently as well. Mm. Scorsese though, if he does anything, you know it's going to be long. Yeah. Uh, 2005. Oh wow. <laughs> Way off. Yeah. Fifteen years ago. <laughs> Rolling Thunder review a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese 2019 that's what I'm thinking of yeah but yeah that Bob Dylan one I think is like three and a half hours yes it says it right here three and a half hours it's like two parts two hours and then an hour and a half mm. so must have been a long year yeah <laughs> makes sense so in all fairness Bob Dylan's been around an awful long yeah. time and he's done an awful lot um you mentioned uh Tropic Thunder yeah. I actually watched uh a a video on Forrest Gump where they mentioned that uh, that scene to never go full retard. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a really interesting video. It's about it's called like the importance of habit, and it was by I think it was by storytellers on YouTube. I think that's their name, storytellers. But it was really interesting. It kind of goes into stuff about ego and all, and it was saying like Forrest is able to focus on something like whole like completely, hmm. and um end up getting a lot out of it even if it's a totally mundane task by putting yourself con- committing completely to it and concentrating it can become rewarding mm. which I really like that kind of idea and there's stuff about uh... oh yeah he was talking about like if you want to another message you can take from like if you want to change the world is like you just start on yourself like he, Forrest character would just like do things for himself or like the few people around him that he could help like he gives the same money to like Bubba's oh, family. Oh, to Bubba's family, yeah. And he, yes. he, when he starts Bubba Gump Fish Company. Yeah, like stuff like that. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it's got these really good messages. Really good video. Yeah. Just going into like the actual, the depth of the importance of the character of Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump. Like, I think it's still like, like that's one movie that would probably make me cry. Like, yeah. Um, did you know uh, Tom Hanks actually worked off the kid? The way the kid like moved and walked, and the way he like talked, was actually where Tom Hanks took it from. Oh, okay. And they also, kind of funnily enough, to try and make him look dumber, they shaved into his hairline to give him a bigger forehead. Think, I was thinking <laughs> yeah, it's really high up, isn't it? Yeah, because I was like, because that was the first movie I think I saw with Tom Hanks, and then, yeah. and then like I remember what like seeing other ones, then I was like, that's not right. And yeah. then even in the when I was watching that video, I was like, they definitely changed his hairline. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so funny but apparently they it works like yeah it does they thought it'd make him look like more dumb essentially it definitely like, does yeah but so that makes sense because in that movie it changes your whole kind of impress- impression of his face like like it's, I think it would have been a smart move for that reason too like because he would have been he would have done movies like Sleepless in Seattle a bit and, big yeah and stuff like that the, he was but like, rom-com king like. yeah specifically for the rom-coms it's like how do we make this guy that we've present he's been publicly presented as like the the dreamboat like, yeah. yeah but so no the, he did Forrest Gump what else did he do he did I actually watched Philadelphia that. before that though. That Philadelphia was, that, that was, was like his the, biggest the, movie before that I think yeah. yeah you know he only got he like his like proper big break I think which is in Philadelphia he was only he was like 35 mm. he was actually old like he was actually old I also didn't know that he's called America's dad yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't know that it's until like, the I think what was it until he got sick with coronavirus yeah I never knew that I did love, you know, when the Me Too movement came around, like, I read an article and they were all about, like, you know, because oh, it was like, you know, every you know every single day for a while, like, it was a new celebrity and it was something new and it was like, we need to hear this by Tom Hanks and it was like, all these stories about how he's a really great guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it like, would be the, like, it would be the most heartbreaking 
Oh man, he's fucking woody. He like we just ruined, we just like ruined your whole so like, worldview. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you'd be like, it's nothing sacred. Like, give like yeah. there has to be one good person in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, come on. I actually watched Sleepless in Seattle recently too. That's one thing. That's one I don't think I've ever actually seen. That pretty good. Mm. Well, Tom like, Hanks will probably like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I watched it uh, like that well, during the the hangover phase of that. Session. <laughs> <laughs> Something nice and like yeah, light hearted like, and good. <laughs> I watched uh, Splash a while ago too. That one's pretty good. Splash. It's like where there's a meets a mermaid and then she ends up. I think like a literal fish years. out of water. Yeah, story. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that years, five yeah, years ago. That's a funny movie too. Yeah. Some of them. I still love, love Big though. No, Big's so good. Yeah, it's just so like, such a good movie. Yeah. It's king of a toy company, but then there is that there big kind of weird thing where it's like he kind of has like a romance with like the, the the woman, and it's like he's twelve. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so he's so good in that too. He's just like acting like a kid. Like yeah. you, you just you buy it completely. Like yeah, and of course nobody else in the movie supposed to know what's going on. But you're like, yeah, this is what a kid yeah. do. He gets like the big apartment, doesn't he? he? Just fills with all these toys and yeah. everything. <laughs> Speaking of big kids, I rewatched Miss Doubtfire no, as well recently. <laughs> I found out too that there was like loads of different cuts of that movie. There was like an R-rated one, and I was uh, about to say yeah, there's yeah. like four different versions yeah. for like each different rating. Yeah, I love to see all of them. <laughs> yes, but apparently it was just all Robin Williams just absolutely ad libbing. Yeah, which you could believe. That's what I like when I was watching. I was like, was there a script for this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't know how you could write a script. You probably just like. Because like, all the jokes that he makes are so him, they're so specific to Robin Williams, they're yeah, just yeah. like these wee like, quick asides and everything, and it's like, they have to be just him, because I don't know how you could write it for him, yeah. in his voice. Like You, you, must you just, could understand if he I wonder it. if it was even supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually a pure dramatic, he's like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> There's, um, I did find it interesting, because like, stuff like that happens, I was reading about... Um, Dan Harmon said about like Donald Glover and Community that it got to the point that after like season after like season one or something where sometimes the writers would write stuff and like Donald Glover obviously was a stand up and everything as well he uh they would just write sometimes they'd write a joke and then underneath they would also write like in brackets or Donald says something funny and just <laughs> leave it to him because apparently he did that an awful lot and he'd just fly off which I could imagine mm-hmm. him doing which I kind of love stuff like that yeah but Robin, like the, Robin when the loves, character really becomes the like no one else could do that character because it's so they they know what they're doing like you know that happened with uh, Elaine and Seinfeld as well really yeah they actually started writing the character more like uh, Julia <laughs> because she was such like a bubbly character and they just like they're just like she's great and they just put, started putting more and more of her into the character oh that's class yeah that's really funny actually there's um I was gonna say though I still think Robin Williams is probably gonna like the king of ad libbing because isn't it in Goodwill Hunting. He, like, the whole thing about his wife farting and the way she used to fart, he completely made that up on yeah. the spot. Which is, like... I've actually never seen the end of that movie, but I've seen that movie five times. For some <laughs> reason, after five times of trying to watch it, it is always... Something has always happened to not let me finish it, but I've seen about three quarters of it. But that whole scene where he's talking <laughs> to him is yeah. so, like, heartwarming and good. And it's like, I wonder what Matt Damon was thinking when he was sitting there, like... Where is this coming from? Yeah, going through the script. Yeah, this is so good. Why didn't I write this? <laughs> Anyone like yeah. Oscar for that? Like, uh, did you watch the Robin Williams documentary? Which one? That was it. Like, came out after his death. I don't think so. Actually, I remember what? That was really good. Yeah, he was like a mime and stuff in like the seventies in New York yeah. for a while, and it's like 
Then he got Mark and Mindy. Mark and Mindy was it? Yeah, it was Mark and Mindy. That was what he did for like seven or eight years. Or that was his name of my cats when I was young. Really? <laughs> I didn't name them. Yeah. I, I knew the cats before I knew of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did they name that show after my cats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else? I don't know. Oh. Watched it. I've been on a bit of a documentary buzz actually talking about documentaries. Yeah. Watched two there during the week. First one was called The Work. Mm. It was incredible, man. I've been telling everyone about it. Like I've been as soon as I watched it, I started meshing people and everything. But it's a um it's about this um in America, I don't know how widespread it is, but in the documentary it's on but in one prison in particular, in New Folsom prison, they've got a, a group therapy session. Mm that like any inmate can join and then once a year they invite people from the outside so they can go and take part in it and it's over four days yeah so the documentary just follows one of these years and follows one of the so it's like a big they all get together in room and then they all divide up in smaller groups and it follows one of these circles basically and there's three people from the outside and then one person who is an inmate but it's his first year doing it and then the rest of the people are inmates that have done it before so when you've done it before, you kind of become part of like the the counselors in a way. Like you're kind of directing the yeah, so set. You're more experienced. You can kind of yeah. you know what's happening. And whenever you're, if you go in from the outside, you choose two inmates at the start, and they're like your guide, and they'll protect you and make sure nothing happens to you, and they can like just talk like you know if you're feeling uneasy because you're surrounded by murderers and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah, but it's class, man. Um, the, there's like people from diff- loads of different backgrounds there's like one of the guys is uh, from he's an ex-Aryan Brotherhood uh, another guy was like an ex-Blood or a Crip I can't remember if there was I can't remember if there was a Blood and a Crip or just one I can't remember mm. um, and there's like just all these different gangs there's like an Asian guy from the Asian gang he's the guy that he's the inmate who's never done it before he's, he used to be in this Asian gang mm. and then there's like Native American gang members and like all the different races basically um um so the at the start they like get people to say why they're why they've come in like the people from the outside so when they choose their inmates they they talk then say why they're wanted why they want to be part of it Mm. so the first there's a black guy and he um he's doing it because he wants to face his fear because he is terrified of going to prison because his, he didn't meet... I don't know if he never met his dad, but he didn't meet him when he was young anyway because he was in prison. Yeah. So that's also... So he's trying to, like, face his fear to, and kind of reconcile that as well. Yeah. And then it goes to another guy, and when it, they ask him why he's in, he's just like, I don't know, man, uh, just, uh, what's it like in here? Like, you know, when you go outside or whatever? Like, he's just so um, not willing to, like... Uh, say why yeah uh, like he kind of maintains this like uh like aloof, aloof yeah, yeah. And I, I don't uh, i don't care then, it's fine. like but like after like half an hour or so i was just like this guy's gonna break so fucking yeah. hard <laughs> <laughs> like when it happens he's gonna just crack because you realize as well it's like he's chose to be there so he's got something that he wants to yeah. work out but he's just not willing to share it yet yeah. but i was in tears within like 20 minutes jesus yeah because like the 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 first day they're asking the the Asian guy says why 
he wants to be there and then he's like oh, I haven't um, he's kind of like do you know when um, it's always sunny when Dennis is like remember when you uh, feel used to feel emotions oh yeah yeah and he's like do you have feelings back <laughs> yes <laughs> you I have you them every day <laughs> don't feel feelings yeah well this guy basically is going through that like he's like I haven't processed my sister's death and I want to mourn her properly Jesus yeah <laughs> intense so um, I think it's the crypt then when he's doing that he like goes up to him and like points at his eyes and his eyes and he's like okay stay with me right now yeah. and he's like stay in that thing that you just said stay with that emotion and um, he's like let all that let your armour down now and like and they start breathing he's like breathe with me and they start like breathing together like mm-hmm. and then another guy comes in and says like, can I touch your jaw and he's like yeah and he like kind of opens his just just opens his mouth a little bit and they get into like unclench mm-hmm. just like relax everything and then they start breathing in unison and then the next thing, he just starts crying. Jesus. And when he started crying, I was just like, tears started running yeah, out of my face yeah, too. Yeah. I, was just like, I was like right there. I yeah. felt like I was part of the group too. It's just yeah. like, it's powerful, man. Wow. That's amazing. And then he, though, he like... starts like reacting against that then. And he's like, because like, I guess he kind of realizes that he's in prison. And it's yeah. like, I can't be crying. Yeah, and then they all kind of like, they all kind of gather around him and like hold him down on the ground. And they're just like, we're here, man. Yeah. And then like the first black guy he starts crying to the guy from the outside because he's like I wasn't ready for that yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's class the whole movie I was just like on the verge of tears pretty yeah. much just like so in there with all of them but it's class and just it being like all men and the most like sort of hyper masculine version of men they're all like criminals in, in, and, in, like, in, in an atmosphere where like weakness especially like that or emotion would definitely not yeah. be taken in anything like yeah and that's kind of the the message is like the power of being vulnerable mm and the fact that they all kind of like hold each other accountable too for stuff like there's a part where guys telling a story and then he's like he says but and they're like oh, we don't say but we say and because but um, negates everything that came before it or something so it's like things like that we're just like ah, you can't say that or, yeah, it's like and they like an for, forcing sort of. these things out of them and everything like and it's yeah it's amazing Dude, really really interesting. good I was going to say, you remind me of there, I watched the first season of, like, 60 Days In, which is, like, a reality show where they put people into jail for just 60 days, but, like, undercover. One of this fun- is, I think, whenever I brought this documentary up, someone was on about, it must have been that show. Mm-hmm. It's, like, people from the outside go, yeah, go, go in. Yeah, they go in and they're, like, trying to find But people don't know that they're in there. Or, like, or, one of the funniest things that you were saying about the guy that was, like, remaining aloof is, like, in the first season, there's this guy, Robert, and he, like, goes in, like, so they give them, like, a backstory and everything, like, and, like, one guy's, like, an ex-Marine Zach, like, he does, yeah. he does, he does, <laughs> I actually I think mentioned, this, I think I mentioned this once before, I think. Maybe it was you, or maybe it was, uh, when I was listening back to the podcast, because <laughs> I was like, "This sounds very familiar." But uh, what I thought was funny you were saying about the guy going aloof in the prison is like, so they give them all like they give them all backstories, but of course they're like well enough thought out backstories that you know, like because they're they're like the first thing that'll happen when you go into jail is people will come up and test you, you know. So they're gonna grill you first of all while you're in there to look for recent holes in your story. And so, like, you know, like one of the guys, Zach, he goes in, he does really well, he runs back to it. And again, Robert, he's, like, he goes in. And, like, even during, like, the training that they show beforehand, you can tell that he's not taking it seriously and he's not listening to them. And within, like, two or three hours of being in there, he's completely fucked up his backstory. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all, like, like, there's, it's, like, a couple of hours and, like, or, like, within the first day or two. And, like, one of the inmates is, like, I think he's a cop. I think he's a plan. <laughs> Like, how do you fuck up that like that, Ryan? Like, how do you fuck up that He's, bad? like, not replying to his name and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
again and stuff like that and he's just like acting pure weird and he's like he like uh, he like takes off like half his like jumpsuit and like ties it up to try and like buff but he's not buff he's not tough he's just going around yeah, 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 like, like, holding his arms like yeah. as if there's like invisible muscles there yeah and it's like these guys are pure hardened criminals like you know it could be a skinny guy in a corner who's like the most dangerous one there you know what I mean oh, it's just it reminded me of that it's so funny so aloof and then they send him to like uh, he breaks all the rules and he gets put into like solitary confinement and then all of a sudden solitary confinement he has he gets a sore stomach and he can't go back to general population they're like really you have a sore stomach why do you have a sore stomach <laughs> like it's just you can tell he's just, yeah you can tell he's just scared like, yeah oh um, oh yeah I've documentaries called The Work The um, Work oh yeah just uh, in case I got a, a message today being like can you list everything you talk about <laughs> <laughs> Friend Maybe that'll like, oh, be something for the description. Yeah, yeah, I was like, mm, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listening back to it, yeah. a lot gets said. You yeah, know? there's gonna be a lot in there. But she was saying that she was driving and she she uh, missed what we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll tell her to listen to the whole. Yeah, thing. Nah, <laughs> I, I, I do find that annoying too. It's like sometimes I have to like if they're like talking about movies like or if it's like an end of the year list or something yeah. I was like listening to one and I had to like put their notepad being like write down everything they brought up <laughs> like pause it yeah. going back and forth but, um, oh yeah the other documentary I watched was Won't You Be My Neighbour the Mr. Rogers oh yeah the Mr. documentary mm-hmm. I'd say that was very, I'd say that was very wholesome yeah that was class um, I still haven't seen Back to Tom Hanks he plays him in the movie yeah. the Welcome to the neighborhood. I think so. Yeah, I don't. Um, know, I didn't know anything about Mr. Rogers stuff. I just seen a couple of things online. He like what he invited like a black police officer to like share, um, like a football with him or something yeah, on TV. And that happened after, um, there was, black people using a communal pool, and the owner of the pool went around and started kicking them out, and then like started pouring cleaning products like chlorine into the pool to get them to go out and everything. Jesus so Christ. that just happened, and then that was Mr. Rogers. Reaction, Response. yeah. Jesus, what like this? They would do. They did like that was like the way the show worked. It's like every, anything that happened, the cultural thing. Like after the, what was the shuttle that exploded in the eighties? Oh, the Apollo thirteen. Was it Apollo thirteen? Apollo thirteen was one that exploded on oh, oh, the Challenger. Challenger, Challenger. So like after that happened, they did they they addressed that because it was just kind of addressing like any fears that the kids might have, like these confusing new things and like. It's like, oh, they put, they'd have, like, the puppets. Like, Mr. Rogers did... He wrote all the scripts and, like, uh, did all the puppetry. He had, like, ten different voices that he put, that he put on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. And the actors were saying, like, he didn't allow... Like, he really didn't like them to ad-lib at all because he was like, I've got a very specific message I want to get across. Yeah, yeah, and this is how the message is yeah. going to be done. because he was, like... He was about to go into being a minister, I think. He was, like, a... Was he Presbyterian or something? Hmm. And then, basically, TV was invented. Mm. And then he was like, you know what, I actually want to do that. Because even, the, like, he basically invented the concept of children's TV, too, I think. Oh, right. Like, no one even wanted to do it. And he was like, no, I think it's really important that we give kids this sh- sh- uh, something to watch. And, and like, good messages as well to grow up with. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. It's a really wholesome message. I think it's, it's like, really uh, important, actually. I actually watched a, a video then... As a new school of life video talking about why we need to be heard or why we need to be seen and I didn't really put it together at the time but I was like oh 
I need that too, not just kids. <laughs> like, they, like his whole message is like tell, letting them know that any emotion they were having is fine. Mm. It's okay. Like if you're angry or scared, just be like, that's all right. Like you're allowed to. You're allowed like to that. feel these things, and yeah. it's okay to feel these things. And that video is just saying like how it's important to. If someone's like ranting and raving, not to go like, would you shut up? Just be like, yeah, man, that uh, must make you really angry, or whatever. And it actually, even though we think. Like, logically, oh, if you indulge that behaviour, it's going to make it worse. But actually, as soon as you uh, address it and accept it, those people stop doing it as much. It's more like if you acknowledge it. I suppose if you don't feel dismissed by it, then it'll kind of... Yeah. Makes sense. And there's... um, Even still, there was, like, a... a, At some point, there was, like, a kind of outcry against him because he got blamed for creating a load of, like, entitled... An entitled generation. But I think I think I brought it up like on an early podcast. There was a guy who like the self esteem thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a really nice quote that Mister Rogers had at, at like a, his last ever commencement speech that he did, basically explaining his view. And he said something along the lines of, um, "What I was trying to do was like you don't have to do anything spectacular to be loved." And I was like. That's the shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that's a that's a completely different message than being like you're special. That's not the same thing. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, that's, it's, is... it's like yeah, you don't have to do anything special. You are still important. Yeah, it's yeah. I know what you mean. Which isn't really an entitled thing to say. It's nah. more of like it's more of like trying to give people at least the most basic amount of self worth. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And if you have that, then you're more likely to be a nicer person. Really. Yeah, that's Just, so wholesome and nice. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, yeah, definitely recommend giving that a watch. Mm-hmm. I'd say well, one thing that you said about the Challenger that made me bring up was I think it was the Challenger. I read a story and read it there recently, and it was kind of sad. I think one of the astronauts in the Challenger something was a teacher as well. Yeah, she was like getting ready to. She was going to do a lesson from space. Yeah. Or something. And it exploded, but apparently that whole school that she was working in, like the kids that were in her class and stuff, they were watching it on TV, which of course they were, and they seen it happen. I was like, but I read read a story of one of the people that was in her class, and I was like, oh my god, that's so sad, <laughs> like because mm-hmm. insane because they meant a lot to her anyway. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. He started doing these like week long things then in like the nineties, I think, mm-hmm. because he like he stopped he stopped the show at some point and then he wanted to do an adult show where it's called Mr. Rogers Friends or something and it was like the, basically the same idea he'd get like he wanted adults to send in poems and stuff like that like to, just do the same thing mm. and it like it did fail not really maybe fail isn't the right word but it didn't like it didn't, it didn't have the same well, like, didn't connect in the same way with adults as it would with children yeah, yeah. so then he ended up um, he found out I think it was a kid got choked I don't know if they died but they were like they were imitating Superman so they like had a towel or something tied around their neck and they like jumped off something and it got like oh, choked them I don't know if it choked them to death but it choked them anyway and he, he was like oh there's still stuff to talk about hmm. so then he started doing week long um, things on like a specific subject like one was like superheroes and like how you're not a superhero and like just yeah. that kind of stuff and he did like one a whole week on death and like that's one of the things they're talking about was like that that was crazy <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah 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 especially for like going to kids and stuff like and just repeating the same thing but yeah it's uh, all good shit <laughs> very wholesome this yeah. seems like someone was like nothing dark ever came out about him if you know what I mean yeah you know which is 
really happy because obviously then like all the doubt because it seems like it just sometimes you kind of wonder it's like hmm what will eventually come out like yeah. whether like because like look at Jimmy Savile he's like the absolute poster child for it all yeah. he was seen as absolutely as well essentially probably like a, you'd call him almost like the British Mr. Rogers but yeah. then he was a fucking crazy pedophile <laughs> bastard yeah and he's the worst all of those yeah and, he, and he's the worst one. all those big words yes he's the worst one because he, he got away with it like yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's weird it kind of makes it you feel it like oh that could never happen again but at the same time I was like this is probably really needed as well yeah yeah, yeah. particularly in times like these yeah well maybe something will it's kind of interesting there's mad times at the moment mm. with everything What's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen this month? Like it seems to be like every month something happens. So like, what's gonna happen in June? It's gonna be aliens and earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An alien earthquake? Who knows? <laughs> um, let's see what's anything else. Oh yeah, Patterson. I watched that a couple, couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. Um, I'd, I'd seen it before, but I ended up watching it because it was another video comparing Patterson to um, David Foster Wallace's kind of philosophy. Mm. Do you know David Foster Wallace? Yeah, I've actually got Infinite Jest on the way. Um, I know, and then I haven't watched a movie. I've been meaning to watch. There's a movie where Jason Segel plays him. Yeah. End of the tour. End of the tour, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I was going to ask if you'd seen that. That's really good. Yeah, I've heard it. Really, really good. Um, That's yeah. actually similar to the Mr. Rogers movie, where it's like it's based on an article. Like in the uh, end of the tour, um, Jesse Eisenberg's character is writing a. Rolling Stone article on um, Dave Foster Wallace mm. and it's the same idea in uh, Welcome to the Neighbourhood where it's like uh, someone was writing an article on Mr. Rogers and it's like the the movie, it isn't a whole like life uh, biopic uh-huh. it isn't a biopic, it's just on a specific moment in time basically and just yeah, and like why that moment was important yeah. like this is why this defined this person yeah. for who they are essentially like. but yeah, and the tour is like it's just really nice mm. <laughs> I feel like I could definitely just like watch it. I see I see myself going back to that movie a lot. It's like kind of comfortable and easy going and mm. just nice. Keep me in and watch it because I'm going to give myself because I'm going to use Infinite Jest as possibly a kind of reading challenge because I'm reading Flowers for Algernon at the moment. I've only really just started it, but it's I'm getting a wee bit worried because it's supposed to be very sad. <laughs> but it's, it's I'm actually loving it so far the way it's written. But then Infinite Jest is like a thousand pages long. I'm going to give myself like a reading challenge of just trying to get through it within like a sets amount of time mm-hmm. or something um, I was hoping because I actually ordered it about a month ago I was hoping to maybe get it for like my week off and I might try and see like just because I haven't done I used to do stuff like that but I haven't done it in a while where I like set myself like to read like a, like a 200 page book in like a day or something like that and I haven't done something like that but this is really big this is a thousand one thousand one hundred nine pages I think my copy so I'm going to try and do a reading challenge and get through that in like a week maybe I don't know <laughs> if I can if I have the time like but yeah. be interesting to try Plus, I've never read any of his stuff, and I'm like, I'll still yeah. dive overhead into it. Like, yeah, yeah I'd, been, I'd love to read that. Mm. I was also thinking of getting, like, there's a, maybe more than one collection of, like, articles that he did and stuff, too. Mm. Can't remember the name of them now. Stuff like that's always interesting. I dip in and out of the Great Share content from the which is all Hunter S. Thompson stuff, and some of that stuff's really good, it's really interesting. But it's kind of like, a lot of Hunter S. Thompson's annoying, especially in the Great Share because all articles, I feel like that's like a snapshot of, like, a moment or a place in time a lot of times, because he wrote it the way he lived through it so, yeah. yeah it's just very interesting like 1972 somewhere and you're like damn I wish I were there <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, sorry, back to Patterson. Yeah, yeah. So in the, <laughs> the video is basically talking about how an element of David Foster Wallace's philosophy was like about not... It's kind of hard to describe. Basically in Patterson, the main character, Adam Driver, is... Bus driver, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he was made for this role. <laughs> so he's a bus driver. It just follows a week in his life. Uh, he's a bus driver and he writes poetry. And it's just a nice little snippet. It's, I think it's like really good to watch right now when it's like we kind of can't do anything, can't do a lot. Mm. And it's like just finding Pete. Like he doesn't have any real drive to do anything else. Like he's happy. He lives with a... His girlfriend, she like paints and stuff, and he just like try. He's like very present all the time, and he's just writing little poems and mm. admiring the world around him and everything. And it's just really kind of nice. Just, yeah, it's just, really good, yeah. Just someone kind of happy with his life. Yeah. And then I suppose a lot of like, cause you'd see a lot of movies almost where I imagine that say the character was like a bus driver or something. It's like, I need to get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? You like, kind of expect did... like before I watch it, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a sad movie, but it's actually not sad at all. It's just really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like yeah, you expect it to have this um, some bigger arc, yeah. but it's a. It's just kind of more of like somebody's happy life, with yeah. like their life, which was. And it's like much. there's other characters in it too, and they're like, like the the guy who like comes around every morning telling him to start on his thing. He's like, he like asks him how are you doing. He's like, oh, don't get me started, and tells all this here shit. And it's like that's kind of like one of the ideas. It's like this person is so self obsessed or self-absorbed uh, they only see all the bad all the bad things that are happening they just like see them as like an attack on them or whatever where it's like you can just remove yourself and be like that's ah, just another thing that's happening or whatever like, yeah like, yeah yeah, right, exactly. yeah lovely movie mm-hmm. um, I have a note here from a Daily Stoic entry that I read and caught my attention uh, I remember just reading it and being like whoa <laughs> Uh, it kind of goes back to the stuff I was talking about, uh, about like mentors. I was I wasn't sure what to call them. I think I end up settling on mentors. Actually, mm. I was like, is it a guru or a mentor? And this entry is called "Finding the Right Mentors." Um, the quote is from Seneca: "We like to say that we don't get to choose our parents; that they were given by chance. Yet we can truly choose whose children we'd like to be." Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, and the the description then goes on to say that. Um, that like basically what I was saying about the importance of choosing like you can read um, read stuff and choose that as a mentor or whatever Mm. Um, uh, maybe your parents were poor role models or you lacked a great mentor yet if we choose to we can easily access the wisdom of those who came before us those whom we aspire to be like that's kind of what I was saying but yeah that just that quote to the start I was like I also, I also kind of think it like see for something they were saying about choosing your mentors and like uh, particularly at this age you know I would say it's a bit different when you're a teenager or a child but whenever you are out on your own now in your life like this is whenever you really can sort of choose your mentors or like how you want to live your life mm. if you know what I mean in that kind of way because that makes a lot of sense I actually really like that quote that's really yeah, good yeah that's nice that's really nice thinking about that I was just going to think I don't know if this is because you can obviously cut this from a podcast now if you wanted but I was like this thing that was like interesting because uh, you know there's there always that game you play it's like you know who like from history would you um, would you like invite to a dinner party and I remember thinking about that there before and I was like 
I don't think I would like, you know, like some other, like one of the most, apparently one of the most common things in the world is like, you know, like Jesus Christ and stuff like that. I was like, I don't think I'd invite anyone like that to be like, Mark Twain, Hunter S. Thompson, I kind of, for some reason, would like Hitler to be there and Einstein just to see what happens between them. Yeah, 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 just get like, you know, this guy's definitely smarter than you, but like, let's see what happens, like, you know, but like, no, but you were saying about mentors there and that made me think, it's like, you know, who would you like, who would you like, like, I'm asking you, like, such a person, who do you think you'd like, like, history in 10th century, like, to popular meet, living or dead, obviously. And I can choose as many as I want, or is it like, I go for as many as you want. I don't really see the point of limiting, really. Be limited. <laughs> First one came to mind is Kurt Cobain. Yeah, that would be a very big one. Is, uh, it, is it alive or dead? Alive or dead, yeah. Because I kind of thought there's no point really limiting yourself because there could be people right now, definitely yeah. today. It would make sense. Like, I'll give them another few years now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Kurt Cobain would be a good one, yeah. I feel like you'd really want to talk to him. Do you know what I read recently about Kurt Cobain? Well, what Dave Grohl said because it was about something about Motorhead and Lemmy dying. And uh, Lemmy, Lemmy. I said it wrong. Lemmy. Le- I said Lemmy, Le- didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, fuck it. I'm <laughs> thinking of the Scottish comedian. Yeah. <laughs> but he said uh, about Lemmy, which sounded really nice. Like, Dave Rose said, like, the first thing he said to him was, I'm, like, sorry to hear about your friend. It's like, that is fucking mm. classic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off topic there. It's yeah, really nice. Just. Way to put it, yeah. Yeah. To the point. Fuck. Andres Thompson, maybe? Yeah. Andres Thompson usually was the first one for me, I feel like. I feel like you'd get something out of that conversation for some reason if you talk to him. Same though, to Kirk Cobain too, I'd imagine. Yeah. That'd just be... I don't even... Maybe I wouldn't want Kirk Cobain there, actually. I don't know what I'd yeah. say to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's also that heroes turn human time. Yeah. Um, Another one that just popped in my head is actually Pete Holmes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well you, well, you talk about him a lot in the podcast, yeah. so I'd say so. I feel like that'd be... A, I, I think it'd be someone that I could ever really... Good conversation with. Mm. That'd be nice. Yes, like, who would you think you'd have a good conversation with? Kind of thing. And then, I don't know. There's a guy who's a scientist. I'd love to meet Carrie Mullis. He's just like, I think I talked about him before. He got a crude PCR. Like, he's like, he's like my scientist. Like, he's like, mm. guy, like just because, like, he's like, I don't know, like, he, he won, like, a Nobel Prize. And, like, what he did revolutionized science. And then he just fucking retired on a beach. He has a surfboard apparently with the double helix for the fucking uh, uh, double helix for the DNA strand molecule on his surfboard because nice. why not? He's been arrested for cocaine multiple times and he says that he figured out PCR which is how to take a single strand of DNA and turn it into billions exponentially and he said he figured that out while driving along the coast of LA in 1982 on acid. <laughs> this, I know this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've brought this up before. Like, I've heard a story. I've, not, not even just from you, I've heard this, this guy before, yeah. I keep meaning to read, apparently his autobiography is nuts. Like, yeah. It's like, and in the way I imagine it is that he's like uh, he's like the rock star of science almost, because like most other scientists... And he's like, still about, is he? Yeah, he'd still be alive. Somewhere. God knows where. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. Yeah. He just, amazing would that be? But he's like, whenever you see him in interviews and stuff, he like, well, I've seen a couple of interviews and he doesn't because he even come across as like arrogant. He's just kind of soft-spoken and like one of the ones like... It's all the acid, does it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's like, whenever he talks about uh, um, like coming up, he's like, ah, sure, like, you know, everything was there. Like, you know, it wasn't really me. It was like, you know, everything was already there. I just put it all together. Like, you know, it's really kind of yeah. talking to times like, you've a Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're allowed to have a bit of an ego when you've yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but he's just so unlike any other scientist I really find 
or famous one anyway. Another guy that just popped to mind, and I've only had a a very recent encounter with this uh, guy. Is a he was an Irish poet and philosopher called John O'Donoghue. Hmm. Have you heard of him? I uh, have heard of him. Yeah, hmm. a friend of mine just um, he he said me a thing before, but I only got round to listening to it there. Um, was it yesterday? The day before? Um, it was an episode of On Being, hmm. um, John O'Donoghue. But yeah, that was that is someone that I love to talk to. He's just very soft spoken. His whole thing is like the episode was called the uh, the inner landscape of beauty or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like his whole thing is like finding beauty everywhere. And he grew up, grew up in Clare, I think, like at the near the bur- uh, burn. Mm-hmm. And it's like that whole landscape of like the it's like raw and rugged, but it's also beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's really interesting. Definitely. That's a recommended. It was like really nice when I was walking to. I was like walking home, and uh, I was passing by the. It's like a butterfly garden in town, and I was like listening. I was like, I'm gonna sit in here for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah. It just felt so like right. It was like the stuff they were talking about was like about tranquility and stuff, and I was like, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, take a moment. In a butterfly garden, that's <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's almost like peak tranquility. Yeah, and you just have this lovely Irish accent in your in your ear, just. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to be hearing Irish accent in your ear. Yeah. I always find. That's what I'm banking on with this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going all accents. Yeah. They're supposed to be sexy, aren't they? Remember that talk like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, who are you? I'm Thomas here on the podcast. <laughs> um, let's see. How many did we mention there? Like three or four? Yeah. Let's go for one more. Yeah. Um... I always thought one of the old school, but this is just because I, I read a lot of Mark Twain when I was a kid. Like I always thought it always made time because then as he get older and it just seemed to be for him for being in like the eighteen hundreds, like fifty seven, I think. Some of his books I can't remember exactly, but even way ahead of his time for what was going wrong. Like I always thought, I mean, just the way he apparently lived his life, he was very like kind of not giving a kind of yeah. not giving a fuck, but also giving a fuck at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. Like just thinking, actually, there could be like endless comedians. Like yeah. you mentioned, I just thought of Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, true enough, actually, yeah, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey are two I would definitely like to meet. Even um, someone like Joey Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, comedians would be Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn? You don't know Theo Vaughn? No, no. I don't think so. He's a good guy. Mm. Bill Hicks. Mm. Bill Hicks would be a very interesting. George Carlin. Yeah. That would be very good. There's a documentary coming out about him soon. Yeah? Yeah, I can't remember who's doing it. Someone is like Kevin Smith might be involved and someone else Theo Vaughn just to give him a wee plug he's like uh, he's hilarious uh, he's like kind of hard to, I didn't know for a while if he was hilarious or just dumb because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's got like he's, he's from Louisiana so he's got that accent and he's yeah. got like a mullet and everything and it's like what's the deal with this guy <laughs> but then I watched like uh, well I kind of knew his, I kind of realised before but then there's one video I watched and I was like oh my god this guy's actually really funny yeah. but he just like he's really like quick with just saying these wee wee things that just sound like they're not thought out but I think they're actually just like wee things that he like think like mantras or whatever that maybe he like they probably have more meaning to him than when he than when he says them if you make sense so when you when you hear him you're like what yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah no he's really good at um he's very open about like um stop taking like he's quit uh he's co- uh, cocaine and drinking and everything he used to have like a big there's a really good um the video I was on about that was really funny. It was a is it is this happening or what's that? 
do you know that uh, no, Comedy so Central thing or yeah, this can't be happening or yeah, this isn't happening yeah it's something happening you've said <laughs> three now yeah. I can't it is <laughs> well there's one of the memories I think it's the last time he took coke is the story he tells and that video is hilarious but he's very open about that stuff and he like He's on, like, a crusade against um, male masturbation and all that there. <laughs> he, he always brings that up. He's like, what do you think about this? And all that there kind of shit. So, yeah, he's really good at... Um, I think if you're just, like, trying to self-improve at all, he's a really good guy to listen to because he's on his own journey and he's, like, and really, he's kind of really good at sharing it and everything. Mm. And so, obviously, if you're trying to do that, it's good to see someone else that mm. has done it. <laughs> he's going to be quite inspiring, yeah. Mm. I'm looking forward... I think he recorded a new special recently, so I'm looking forward to that coming out. Yeah, right. It's going to be funny. Let's look him, up, look him up, then. Um. Oh, yeah. Did you watch Caravan of Garbage, uh, Batman v Superman? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> have that written down for some reason? <laughs> I usually do watch it. I actually have seen it, but I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. I realised watching them, too, I was like... We're just doing what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought that too. Because I remember I said about like the Andy Sedaris thing, yeah. the Twelve Movies. Don't get me wrong, I still want to do that. And I was looking at some more cover in the garbage, and it's like they just pretty much did that same concept. Yeah. Like James Bond. But sure, but sure, they weren't the first ones to do it. I'm sure. Nah, no, a lot of people. There's a lot of people that does that kind of stuff. But just it's yeah. Yeah, that was a podcast. Yeah. I'm not doing this for any more reasons than to have fun with one of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Um, but yeah I don't know why I don't know if there's a specific reason I wrote it down maybe I just thought you would have seen it and we could talk about it yeah, but uh, if you if you don't want to watch the movie which I had no intention of watching it's a good way to like be like oh so that's what happens yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you shouldn't watch yeah. it oh. there was that, that video you sent me by uh, the Cosmonaut Fire in the air that was very good I've seen it before mm. the DC Heroes thing and about how the whole public perception yeah and that was like, really really well done and everything he's really good he does that kind of stuff too where he does like uh, watches bad movies he's just after doing all the Twilight movies there recently <laughs> I read a thing on Reddit actually recently about like obviously like I think actually I watched the first Twilight movie by myself because someone I was making fun of Twilight and I said you've never even seen the movie you can't make fun of it and I went home that night watched the movie and then met them the next day and went no yeah, I can and that's a shit movie <laughs> <laughs> it's just very proud of me but I was watching read this thing on Reddit and like I've never seen them but they were saying that like when's like uh, the Reddit question was like when when were you in like a in a cinema and like you'd seen the audience like turn against the movie all of a sudden and then, like, the last Twilight movie, there's apparently a scene where, like, all, like, the main characters start, like, getting killed. There's oh, a massive yeah, yeah, battle. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, like, really, like, intense. It's, it's fucking mad, yeah. The heads get ripped off yeah, and then, like, and people get eaten by wolves. <laughs> and then they were saying, and then it cuts, and it's all, like... Um, it was, like, a, a premonition. Yeah. yeah. And they said that, like, one person got up and went, seriously and like walked out because they said that was actually like such a good like climax and it was commented and everyone was like oh my god I can't believe they did this because that was different from the book yeah. and it was nothing so they all just went against it mm. <laughs> I kind of wanted to watch the last one maybe just to see that film just to see that scene. well watch Cosmonaut Variety they have the whole scene yeah <laughs> that's all I want to see yeah. <laughs> they do like the it, they made it like a two-parter one as well the last movie. Oh yeah, no need. Not needed. But that that was like I felt like Twilight was like trying to do. It was just trying to recreate like the success of Harry Potter. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that too. It's like, it's it's the same reason we don't really get any new IPs or whatever. Oh, that's why I was thinking about it because it was like, 
I've noticed there's a trend with uh, documentaries. Like I was talking about the Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers one, mm-hmm. and then there was like the, there's the movie that came out. I think they came out the same year. Yeah. Oh, probably or very close to yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think they both came out last year. Or the movie. <laughs> either, if the movie didn't come out last year, it came out at the start of this year. Yeah. And the documentary was last year for definite. And there was the Steve Carell Welcome to Marwin. Oh yeah, the one movie, yeah. and that was based because there was a really good. I haven't watched it yet, but it's supposed to be a really good documentary called Marwin Call. Yeah, and it's like it's that. There seems to be a bit of a trend in that. It's like a, a documentary Mentally. does really well, and then they make a movie. But they did that with the Ted Bundy as well. They did Netflix Ted Bundy documentary, and I noticed the movie was oh, yeah? from. Yeah, they came out within like six months of each other. Documentaries far better. Yeah, because it always is. Yeah, yeah it's like it's because it's the real thing. No, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like this is like. They also, but, I but obviously like, the movie's going to get more people interested mm-hmm. because people like they see documentary and they're like, no, I feel like the, I the, the and those documentaries I don't get theatrical releases too, so that's more. No, mind. it's all Netflix, so it's yeah. always going to be in its thing. But the thing is, like, I think it was a Netflix movie too, but the movie just didn't do it as well because they kind of didn't. I feel like they, I imagine they probably shot a lot of stuff and they cut it and they kind of did it wrong. I felt because they kind of didn't go into like, because the whole the the movie got a bit of slack because they did it sort of like is this of the him, Ted Bundy the Ted Bundy one sorry because Zac Efron's in it and of course I thought that yeah. was a good cast because he's like high school musical like good looking kind of poster yeah. boy and he was like Ted Bundy Ted was like Bundy. charismatic and everything yeah. but they have him showing him being all charismatic and kind of being a bit weird but I feel like they didn't delve into kind of the evil side of him a bit more which I thought would have made the whole movie a lot better because he would have because you kind of because you don't almost see that evil side enough that's like and then from watching the documentary the true kind of evilness of Ted Bundy was that he was so charismatic and he was so smooth and suave at times that you could almost understand why people would have fallen for it yeah, <laughs> yeah which is the kind of true like the uh, kind of manipulation stuff was evil but in the movie they just didn't delve into that enough like, yeah just kind of so the documentary was way more interesting like the documentary you're like hanging on every word yeah. <laughs> but yeah there's definitely a trend in that and it's mm-hmm. like what to bring it back to Twilight like it's we don't get we get very few new IPs it's all stuff that has to be like if a documentary does well that means like oh that's something that people like or a a book does well it's like oh it's like it's less risky yeah that's what they have to do but yeah it's definitely from from Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings that was the big turning point oh yeah and like they but like they were like what well then because I never watched the Hobbit movies and they were like, but they, that's because they turned it into three movies. And was it Viggo Mortensen refused to come back? He was asked to be Aragon. He was like, Aragon's not in The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair play to him. But like, I love The Hobbit. Like, that was like my favourite book when I was a kid. And yeah, it's great. I haven't seen the movie because I like, I have like a perfect version of The Hobbit for yeah, me in my head. Yeah, I don't, I don't head. want to see it. I, like, even when people were going there, I was like, why are you going to see that? Like, yeah, I just. It's, it's, a, it's a book that's half the length of The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And it's turned into three like to be honest that should have been like, like the Lord an of hour Rings. and a half <laughs> the Lord, the, they could have done because the Lord of the Rings is six books mm. but three volumes yeah so they could have like they could have done six movies of the Lord of the Rings if they wanted yeah but instead they kind of did three epic movies yeah <laughs> especially like extended versions and they're like even longer yeah but yeah the fact that's just it's I don't know that, just that fact I was like I'm not that it seems more like a cash grab doesn't it and you're like I don't even think that Peter Jackson was really too invested in it. It doesn't seem like that to me anyway. He just kind of... But I kind of feel like... You know, because like, I think all three Lord of the Rings are filmed like back-to-back. And he yeah. filmed, like as you say, for the extended, he filmed like pretty much everything from those books. And there's an awful lot in those books that... 
I think you'd he'd almost you'd just be burnt out. You know what I mean? Like even from being yeah. in that like universe or anything, like of like creating all that, you know, creating that because that would be it was very hard. Like it was very groundbreaking, and of course, even one like you know, destroy the Oscars every single year for Lord of the Rings. It'd be hard to keep that going for. You know, and, uh, I watched I watched that movie. You'd see the one Mortal Engines. It was produced uh, by Peter Jackson. No, I heard it wasn't great. It was shit, but I loved the book when I was a kid. You see, so I was like, I'm gonna watch it. Plus, there's Robert Chee in it. I was like, he's Irish. Like, I was like, oh, oh, like kind of just ruined it. Whatever. But one of my main main hates for it was like in the book, um, the girl Hester, she's supposed to have like this disfigured face. Like, like I mean, like her nose is like half off. Like fucking like pure scarred and stuff. In the movie, it's like a scar going across here. It's like, oh, she's ugly. Yeah. It's like, no, she's just a it's scar like, on her face. Like, like, um, <laughs> she's, a, she's probably a model in real like life. In Ready Player One. Hmm? In Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. The yeah. girl's got a little mark. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. It's like. She's still really beautiful girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Granted, in the book, that's kind of the way it's supposed to be done. It's supposed to be more done, I think. It's like she's embarrassed about that. Okay. But so that's not so bad. But I just felt for this one, it was like. This girl's probably been on yeah. like, a model campaign before this movie. Like, come on. Someone, I was watching something about that actually. Or I can't remember if I watched it or it just was. It came up for some reason because they were talk. It came up in relation to um, normal people because hmm. uh, the girl in that's supposed to be written as like being way more like kind of ugly and stuff, and then that actress is really good. Good job. That can kind of happen though, isn't it? But yeah, you're making TV, you kind of have to, like, make them good looking. <laughs> but then, like, you know, if you think about it, then was it, like, Charlize Theron, like, won her Oscar for Monster, which is never she, like, put on, like, a whole pile of weight and, like, yeah. did her best to make herself, like, look as ugly. But then that's all, was, or, was Monster based on real? Yeah. Yeah, well, so that, there's, 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 there's well, that, that too, like, I suppose, yeah. You can't really have her being beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at the real one. Yeah. Um, is it going to say something else? I don't know, were you? <laughs> we take a break? Yes, we're so. Okay. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> there may or may not be messages. <laughs> so, we did not return after those messages, but I returned. It's me, Owen. And we also haven't returned for quite a while now, but we will be back. We're going to meet up. We're going to do it face-to-face again. We've got some ideas for other good shit to come, so uh, thanks for sticking around so far, and stick around a little longer, and uh, we'll see what we can rustle up for you. Worthless, and 
that regard we're all exactly the same It doesn't mean that we should all just care less Need each other 